It's the Paddle Podcast. Hey there, fans of the Paddle Podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonson, and thank you for tuning in to another episode. This is episode 11. <clears throat> uh, today's guest, Mike McGann from 27 North Paddles. He's the co-owner of 27 North Paddles with a guy I just met today as his co-owner, Phil, who uh, I was surfing up the coast here. And a guy saw the paddle I was using. Mike, after we recorded this interview, which was about a week ago, I had a buddy coming down. Uh, Mike sent him a paddle. It got down to me, which was pretty dope. Thank you, Mike. And uh, so I'm out using this new paddle, and it's uh, it's an Enegra, which is a different type of carbon. It's um, Mike says it's a little bit more flexible and a little bit stronger <clears throat> and lighter than normal carbon. And it is definitely lighter and more flexible. Time will tell if it's stronger. But I'm out using this at a beach break up the way, and a guy yells at me, hey, where'd you get your paddle? And I was like, oh, a good buddy of mine sent it down. Um, he's like, why well, own the company? And uh, so that was Phil, that was the other owner. So that was really neat to meet Phil. Today's guest, Mike McGann and I, in the podcast, dive pretty deep into the technology and engineering uh, into what goes into a, a good surf paddle. We touch on racing, but it's mostly surf focused. And it was all new information for me. It's not anything I've ever, I've ever spent much time researching. I know what I like in a paddle, but I've never actually spent much time learning about how it all works. And Mike was, uh, was very candid and open and uh, it was a uh, it was a fun hour chat. So enjoy listening to Mike McGann from 27 North explain paddles. Real quick before we start the episode, the audio for this episode isn't the best. Um, the program I normally use wasn't working, and so we used a different program, and it is uh, uh, a little bit splotchy. I guess is the best way to say it. So uh, the information is incredible. The audio isn't bad, but it's just got a little bit of more hum than I would like in it. So I apologize for that. Uh, enjoy the show and uh, hit me up, Eric at paddlewoo.com, P-A-D-D-L-E-W-O-O.com with feedback, constructive criticism, uh, or questions. All right, guys, enjoy the show. Mike McGann, thank you very much for being on the Paddlewood Podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, and where are you right now? Um, I'm in uh, Florida right now, in Palm Beach Garden. And you're a surfer, lifelong? Yeah, well, was, uh, I, I started probably when I was uh, around 10 or 11, um, started surfing, that is. Um, we grew up on, on Cape Cod, not here in Florida. Uh, my family is um, from Yarmouth, Massachusetts. And uh, we would go uh, out to the beach uh, with an over-sand permit every single weekend. And I, I saw good waves uh, the majority of the times that we went out there. So my father finally brought me to the surf shop uh, one birthday. <clears throat> and that's where it all started. Nice, nice. And then when did you make uh, the journey to Florida? When did you settle in Florida? Um, my wife and I got down here um, in Florida in about uh, 2007. Um, okay. We had... We had lived up in New England um, for, for quite a few years, obviously. Um, my wife, being uh, Brazilian-born, really um, kind of pushed and nudged uh, several hundred times to, to make a, a move to a warmer climate. <laughs> so, you know, I, it really wasn't too much of a, uh, you know, a stretch for me to do it. It just had to be the right timing as far as work and, 
and uh, selling a house. So that everything came together, and the rest is history down here. We we love it. Nice, and it's kind of tough to be a Florida surfer, right? It is. Um, you really have to pay attention to uh, you know to the, to the forecast, to the type of year. You've got to be mobile. Um, you know, you've got to have a job that certainly uh, allows you some flexibility because. You know when it's on it's on and it can be off just that quickly so you know you have to you have to be prepared as a florida surfer it, it, it can be a little frustrating at times as anyone in florida or or even on the east coast uh, can attest to yeah so so when did paddle surfing enter the picture um well pretty much when we got down here to florida um, i quickly realized that um, not that new england you know is the uh is the best spot, uh, you know, certainly for surf. Um, but but I did find it even uh, uh, less consistent down here. Um, so you know, we pretty much spent our weekends at the beach, um, and I'm I'm pretty um, pretty mobile person. I can't sit still, uh, especially <laughs> when we're at the beach. So I and and I think I saw um, a couple people paddling um, out, you know, just out in front of us at the beach. And of course, as a surfer. Um, I want to say exactly what I said, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I definitely didn't give it a fair shot. Uh, you know, I, I said something to the effect of my wife, I'll never do that. Um, so, you know, as the weeks went on, uh, you know, it, as, as the swell wasn't here and wasn't here and wasn't here, I, uh, I found myself onto a board and said, you know what, this isn't, this isn't that bad, at least from a fitness standpoint. And, um, and then I just slowly started to get into, uh, you know, challenging myself in some waves and lo and behold we we were in a position um my wife had actually sold the property and uh we wanted to start a new business so i said you know there was relatively um few businesses down here in the state that were uh into into paddle boards at the time um this was this was 2008 uh 2009 right on the kind of the border and we said this might be a great opportunity to start a business so we um, we opened up a shop, um, a retail store at the time, and started to uh, you know just jump right in, so to speak. And uh, the rest is history on on that. We've never looked back on the sport. What is the name of the shop? Where is it located? Uh, it's Florida Paddleboards. We originally opened it in Jupiter, Florida, which is you know as far as the map is concerned in the paddle world, you know quite a few people know about Jupiter. Um, and but now our store is in Juno, which is the next town, so Juno Beach, Florida. Okay, so you're in Juno Beach now, and what do you carry in the in the shop? Um, full line of boards, paddles, accessories, rentals. Uh, you know, we we get into lessons a little bit. We're we're a fairly small outfit, meaning it's my wife and I and a couple of employees. So, um, you know, we really try to stick to the core aspects of the sport. Um, you know, we don't don't see ourselves as a as a large retailer. We we stick to to what we know people want in the area, and, and I've always tried to um, kind of put it in the genre of pushing paddle surfing. Um, not that uh, we could have even functioned as a business back in 2008 with paddle surfing, because it was just such a small amount of people that were into that at that time. Um, we had to really focus on just the recreational side of the sport. Um, but year over year, we've seen a really steady increase in, in uh, the appeal of paddle surfing, especially here in Florida, because you know the waves are are, are ideal for, for for learners, you know, and people to, to get into it without uh, causing too much havoc on their on themselves or anybody else. 
Gotcha. So you're on the show um, mainly to talk about your other business, which is the Paddles 27 North. But since Correct. you're a surf shop owner, there are a couple questions that I've been that I've been looking forward to, to talking to uh, a proprietor of a surf shop about. And, and the first being, what's the percentage of what's your breakdown of sales by board? What's your flat water board percentage? What's your surfing board percentage? How many people are actually buying boards that are smaller than eight feet? Um, well, you know, overwhelmingly, you know, the, the percentage is still really towards the recreational class of boards, you know, the 10, 10 and a half foot, 11 foot, um, kind of all arounders, if you will. Um, okay. you know, I'd say, you know, I'd put it at 80%, 75 to 80%. Now what I've noticed in the last, I would say two to three years is those same buyers, um, you know, after they've kind of worn themselves out in the recreational side of it. Um, they go one of two directions. They either go, you know, to a racing uh, displacement type hole um, or uh, to the surfing side. So, you know, and I, of course, have a love for surfing, so I'd, I'd much rather see <laughs> that side of it and sell more of those. But, you know, from a business side of it, it really still is in the rec class. You know, I think the sport, as far as, um, you know, newbies, so to speak, is it's really still untapped across the the nation and, and even the world. Um, so now as far as boards under eight feet, um, you know, there's been a spike for sure in the last year, um, but that's, it's still a very small percent. Um, right. And mainly as, as you probably know, um, due to just the lack of volume in boards, uh, you know, that size. Um, so, you know, they're for the most part for uh, intermediate and more so to the advanced paddle surfer. But it's definitely going that direction, and we find that um, a lot of people, you know, once they kind of get that eight and a half foot board or that nine foot board, you know, they just they slowly work themselves. They keep stepping down, and then they find that that perfect size for, for them based on their ability uh, and, and their you know their body type and their and their conditions. So um, personally, you know, I'm in the you know the low to mid sevens range of boards, um, and I, I think I've kind of maxed out on on where I where I feel comfortable. What are you um, riding everybody. right now? How many leaders? What, what boards do you like? Um, the leaders on my board's probably about low 80s. Um, okay. I, I use a Shaper Stu Sharp that um, is all hand-shaped. Um, you know, so if you ask Stu how many leaders his boards are, he got it, you'll actually get the deer and headlights look. Um, <laughs> but, I, he, he, you know, so everything is, is hand-shaped, hand-done. Um, what kind of dimensions then? Uh, seven seven four twenty six seems to be my magic number right now, and okay. that's uh, three and three quarters. You know, and so what do you weigh? Um, I'm about one seventy five in any given day. I you know I, I try to keep it in between one seventy and one seventy five. Right. Um, yeah, and that seems you know just seem you know from that standpoint seems to be a really good match for my you know my ability and the waves that we have around here. So you're sinking your board pretty good then when you're standing on it. Yeah, you know this, I'm about. Um, yeah, I'm, it's a good, you know, the tail is certainly a foot underwater and, you know, it planes up pretty quick. But I find, you know, it actually seems to be an advantage that way. I think I feel if a board is too buoyant, um, you know, it just doesn't react the same right out of the gate, so to speak. And, and uh, you know, once you plane a board up, once you've got that momentum going, you know, you're, you're, you're on rail at that point anyhow. So, yeah, it, it's definitely a sinker. Um, but I've gotten so used to it now, and especially with the conditions we have, we're um, we're very windy a lot of the year um, from the onshore side of things, and, and that can make it pretty difficult. So when we 
when we get ourselves into a traveling mode and get into clean conditions, it, it you know it's almost it's almost a breeze at that point just to to stay up on your board because we're fighting constantly here. Yeah. So Fisher and Kieran, you know this Fisher and Kieran Grant are down in Costa Rica right now surfing with me this week, and they've been wearing awesome. me out. I bet um, they. Are. Oh man, it's been incredible. We we've been <laughs> scoring. There's this big uh, south swell that's been coming through. That same swell that just went through the Indian Ocean and through the Pacific is winding down right now. Today is probably the last bigger day of it, and we got pretty barreled today. Uh, two days ago, we were up uh, a little reef break. I spent like eight hours in the water. Brought nine boards with us, and just <laughs> wrote, it was offshore all day. Just rotated boards all day long. It was one of the best days of surfing I've had in a long time. But uh, cut to the chase. I have been spending some time on their boards this week, and that's a whole different level. I'm sinking kind of like pretty much to my waist if I'm not paddling. <laughs> um, Kieran weighs 170 pounds. I weigh 177. I made him stand on a scale because I didn't believe him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I put yeah. him on a scale. Get on a scale. <laughs> uh, but that's just a whole different world. I think you and I ride pretty similar boards. I ride a 7.5 26F1. It's 82 liters. I sink it okay. you know, mid-calf. Um, love it, feel great on it, yeah, but riding their little boards is just a different world. It's it is, yeah, and I, I've jumped on their boards before, um, not their newest boards, obviously, because those are so fresh, but um, I, yeah, I feel the same way, you know, it, they're sinkers, you know, especially at my weight and, and uh, dare I say, my age. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about that? How old are you? Yeah, yeah, no, 45, I'm proud of 45, I really am, uh, nice. from where I'm at in the sport. And I, I feel like I'm, I've still got, uh, you know, room for improvement, and, and still stack up pretty well against the young guns. Nice, nice. Well, I thought I stacked up better than I than I do. Apparently, surfing with yeah. these guys this week, it's uh, it's a different. Well, I did. I didn't say I stacked up against the grants, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's hop into talking about paddles because I'm I'm really excited to pick your brain. I have not gotten deep into paddles with anyone yet, and. Uh, so I've got a lot of questions, but let's start off with how you got into making paddles and, and kind of walk us through that journey. Tell us the story about how that happened one day. Honey, I want to make paddles. Yeah, um, and that's pretty much what it was. Honey, I want to make paddles. Um, <laughs> well, as a shop owner, um, we, we, of course, carry uh, multiple paddle brands. Um, and, and admittedly, we really didn't know a lot about the different brands at the time. We, we carried what was popular, what was on the market, um, and not necessarily what was best for, you know, the genre that people were, were buying them for. So um, long story short on that, I would take ultimately what were really designed to be recreational paddles and, and race paddles and surf with them and hence break them, um, you know, which was even as a, as a shop owner, you know, obviously we had a, certainly had a price advantage of, of purchasing paddles um, at wholesale rates, but it still it still hurt um, every time that I broke a paddle. And so I, I knew exactly what people that paid full retail felt like when, you know, they spent close to $400 on a paddle and then found themselves snapping it, you know, whether it was, you know, mid-race or, or in the middle of a surf heat or, or just, just out with your friends when you've got one paddle. So... Um, so we, you know, uh, the mind kind of started to to go full speed ahead there and say, all right, well, there really isn't a whole lot on the market for what I like to do, which is surfing. So, um, you know, how do I source um, uh, building a paddle? We, we'd already had a brand, um, 27 Degrees North, um, and that really came from 
um, me doodling, so to speak, on on paper and just just the area um, where we live in is um, the nautical coordinate or the coordinate for Jupiter, Florida is 27 degrees north. So I always liked that number. Um, I, I was always into coordinates and what have you. So I always knew that was a brand that I wanted to do something with. I didn't know it was going to be paddles. Um, I thought maybe it was going to be more on the clothing side. Um, you know, I've always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit. And so I put the two things together. I said, all right, well, we can build a paddle. I know we can, you know, I can put the resources I have together meeting. I know manufacturers just being in the sub industry. Um, and I have a brand that I've heard overwhelming feedback. Uh, every time somebody saw the logo and, and what it meant, they said, well, you got to do something with that. So essentially those two came together. Um, and what I did with the manufacturers that I already had connections with um, just by virtue of, of the store and, and ordering uh, products and, and, and essentially talking with people overseas at the time um, was to get um, some molds made and, and just test different blade sizes and, and different materials. And, um, you know, I think we probably honed in about four different blades um, and, and maybe three or four different um, you know, shaft thicknesses and just materials, different kinds of carbon um, at the start. And uh, that's kind of where it all came together. Is, it was really just by, you know, there was a need for what I felt uh, a better product on the market for where the, where the, the paddle industry was going. And um, did I think I was going to be a, a paddle giant uh, or, you know, even, you know, be a, a threat to any paddle company out there? That wasn't the thought process. It was just... I simply wanted to have a paddle that I knew me and my buddies wouldn't break at the time. <laughs> gotcha. So what was the design process that you went through to, to well, land on those first few uh, blades? Well, it really, it, it, and selfishly, it, it kind of, it was what I felt was best at the time. For example, um, when I got some of those, those blade designs in, meaning, okay, so the, the back of your paddle um, is, is relatively flat. or the angle on this paddle was 12 degrees versus 10 degrees versus 8 degrees, um, what have you. So I really just experimented on what felt best for me when I was out paddle surfing. Um, you know, and I felt, you know, I, I tried some paddles that were extremely large in surface area. You know, one of the first molds we had was, um, I think it was 110 square inches on, on the blade surface. And um, it was about 10 degrees, and it, it literally was as flat as you could get on, on the back of your paddle. So... You know, naturally that you know you pushed a lot of water and it, you didn't get a you know a nice smooth stroke it, it really kind of shimmied back and forth and so it was you know we kind of had the luxury of just messing around with you know that to then the opposite end of the, the spectrum all right let's go down to you know around 80 square inches and let's put a you know a fairly a noticeable dihedral on the back of it so you've got a spine on the back of the paddle and um, experiment with the shapes on that end and see, see what that does. And, you know, of course, we kind of knew, and I, I kind of knew what was going to be the end result, but, you know, ultimately to say, all right, I think this paddle size and, and what it turned out to be was, you know, what I felt, the 85 square inch, you know, roughly a 12 degree angle um, and a pretty pronounced uh, dihedral on the back of it is really what worked with a nice smooth stroke in the surf. Um, and then I said, okay, you know, flex, medium flex, uh, really stiff paddle, you know, you kind of have to go with the masses and, and people are, 
you know, they don't want to tear themselves apart, obviously, with their shoulders and their elbows and what have you. So, um, you know, that was a, that was certainly a concern um, with with ultimately what we used with, with this Kevlar because um, it is a very stiff paddle. But what we found in the surf was is that you know you took far less strokes um, to get into a wave with a stiff paddle and that blade size and that that blade angle and the dihedral on it that. Um, you know, everybody that I put it in their hands. So I kind of, you know, I narrowed it all down and said, all right, I think this is the paddle that's going to work for surf. And um, for about a year, um, my buddies all had it, and, and certain people um, that were in competitions around here locally, the ESA competitions and another um, paddle surf competition called the ESSC that popped up. Um, so it really started off very grassroots. Everybody would say, you know, let me check that paddle out, and, and I gave away a lot of paddles at first just because I considered it R&D um, or gave them away at a very, very low cost because I wanted I wanted the feedback. And it was all good. Right on. Can we talk through some of that terminology and just kind of break it down for sure. me and then for folks who don't know? And let's, let's start with degrees. And let's start with, okay, so that's going to be the degree of the paddle versus to, to the shaft. Correct. Um, what's the difference in, as you know, zero degree being flat how's that going to feel in the water versus 12 versus 20? Like explain how the, the metric of degree feels when you paddle. Well, look at it this way. I mean, if we had a, if we had a, a paddle shaft to your blade with, with zero degrees, um, and, and you were trying to race on it or you were trying to, or just any kind of stand up paddle stroke, um, you know, naturally you, you can vision the way you stand on a board and, and have a reach, um, you know, when you pull that paddle, so to speak, down the length of your board, uh, that that angle is extremely important. So a very a very low angled paddle um, is going to shimmy back and forth. If you were to look underwater at that paddle stroke, you know, pulling from front to back, it's going to wave side to side um, with with a very low angle. Um, you know, because your resistance is just simply too high, um, based on on how you're standing on your board and, and essentially the the torque, if you will, that you're putting on that paddle shaft. Um, now, if you go to the opposite end of the, the spectrum, if you were, you know, let's just say you had a, a paddle angle that was um, greater than 14 or 15, which is really relatively unheard of, um, you're going to, essentially you're not pushing enough water at that time. If you were to look underwater, um, you're just not maximizing your stroke. You're, you're losing a lot of, of the, essentially the resistance at that point to push you, your momentum forward. So. You know, degrees, you have to remember, too, that in, that in any sport, in any equipment, you know, what's what we consider, you know, middle ground or, or, or what I think works for me or, or you or, or our surfers that are on our team may not be a fit for everybody, but, you know, we have to shoot for the masses and, you know, and, and certainly account for, you know, what works for, you know, nine out of ten people. And, you know, someone may argue that and say, no, ten degrees is the... That's the magic number, but um, we, we found it to be 12. What is the range of the majority of uh, paddles out there? You'll see mostly 10 to 12 is what 10 to 12, say. okay. Yeah. So, so it's pretty close. It is, yeah, yeah it absolutely gotcha. is. Gotcha, okay, let's talk about the dihedral now. Um, um, well, I mean, and look at, you know, from a, I guess from a fluid dynamics, uh, you know, sort of a science side of it, it uh, you know, you're essentially splitting, splitting water. Um, and with a flat blade surface, you're, you're, you know, underwater again, if you were to look at that, um, 
on a smooth paddle stroke, a very flat blade surface is, you know, the water is, is not really have a choice. Does it go left? Does it go right? You know, on a flat blade surface, it's just gonna, it's gonna be all over the place. When you have a pronounced dihedral or a spine, if you will, or, you know, there's lots of different terms for it. Um, you're, you're allowing for splitting the water, you know, to the left and to the right of that paddle very easily. Um, I guess in layman's terms, you're, you're, you're not giving the water a choice, you're making that water <laughs> go left and right, 50-50. Right um, now, in the 27 North Paddles, I've noticed that the blade is almost round at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Kind of, uh, How did that come up? Because most, most paddles are not. They're most of them kind of uh, have a little bit more angle to them. Um, you know, I, I wish I had a good answer for that, and it's really, it, it's as simple as you know, the molds that we chose at the time, um, you know, it was kind of just shooting from the hip to say, you know, let's, let's round them off. And I, and I, and I pay attention obviously to what's on the market right now. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a, a trend to go one direction or the other. Um, I, you know, again, selfishly, it, it was what felt better, um, you know, under, under my board and under my hands, so to speak. And, um, you know, so I, yeah, I don't really have a great answer for that one. <laughs> well, I used I used some of the the guys' paddles this week. Um, Kieran brought down an extra one, and I like it a lot. I like the small blade with the stiff shaft. So I've, I have I have um, some of your competitors' paddles, and I have a paddle that has a bigger blade and an incredibly stiff shaft. I can surf great on it, but man. Feeling it in the in the elbows and the shoulders. Elbows mostly for me. I've got real bad yeah. tendonitis, tendonitis in uh, sure. tendonitis. There we go uh, yeah. in the elbows. Um, and then I've got another paddle that has an exorbitant amount of flex. Mm -hmm. Feels great, but it just feels slow. It feels like everything is delayed. Like you're hitting like right. a split second delay on any maneuver, especially bottom turns when it's big and you've really got to lean on that paddle in the bottom turn. You just you can't you can't. Uh, it just doesn't work. It feels like you're falling forward a little bit. And so, yeah, absolutely. That's a delicate balance. Um, you know, for the for the most part, you know, where we have, for example, the 85 square inch blade surface with a with what I consider a very stiff shaft. Um, you know, that balance works well in the sense that yes, it's a stiff shaft on it, but the blade surface is small enough that um, it's you're not pushing so much water that it just tears you apart. And again. You know, for the for the right body type, you know, I, I would consider that appropriate for you know the paddler that's uh, you know 110, 120 pounds up to uh, you know uh, just under 200 pounds. Now, if you get over, you know, if you've got more height and certainly uh, you know more weight behind you or more muscle behind you, um, you, know, you people may have to go to a you know a bump that up another 10 square inches or so. And that's something that we're um, we're certainly keeping an eye on. You know, we're getting um, the request, you know, just bigger surfers in general. You know, typically the surfer physique has always been, you know, fairly small. I guess you know, six foot, six foot one and under. You know, typically and and uh, you know, under two hundred pounds. You know, just again, these are just averages. But um, we're seeing some big boys. Um, you know, that have gotten into the sport. And I don't want to put ages on anybody, but um, yeah, they're just carrying more weight, and and uh, you know they they may require a little bit bigger blade surface to go with the stiff shaft as well. Gotcha. Well, that segues perfectly into to our next talking point, which is paddle strength, mm -hmm. um, and 
can we go through the differences in construction, be it carbon or Kevlar, and kind of the, the strength for those? And, and how much does diameter of, of the shaft matter for that? Explain that all to us. Well, um, material-wise, I mean, the norm, you know, up until pretty recently was carbon, carbon, carbon. Okay. Um, for anything, a paddle, you know, and that was mainly due to it being, everybody knows that carbon is an extremely lightweight material. It's not just used in paddles, of course. It's been used in, in lots of technologies for a lot of years, you know, aerospace and, and, and automotive and, and what have you. So, you know, that was the natural, uh, you know, turn for the paddle industry is to go to the lightest weight, strongest material. And, you know, people would always say that was carbon. And, um, you know, and Kevlar has obviously been in the industry um, at some some capacity before us. You know, we certainly weren't the innovators of Kevlar and paddles, but um, but it was the obvious choice for us, just based on the way that we saw the sport going. Um, so, you know, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people would probably agree with this, that um, you know, Kevlar certainly handles and uh, holds up a lot better with regards to you know. Perfect example, you're down in Costa Rica right now, um, and there's some pretty heavy surf, and you know that, you know, in a perfect world, we we rip apart every wave and kick out the back when we're done, right? <laughs> well, I do. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. But, you know, so, um, but, but a lot of the times it doesn't happen, and we end up, um, you know, with, with some degree of wipeout or, or, or hopefully not washed up on the reef or the rocks, but... Um, but what we do find is that there's obviously a lot of rail strikes. Um, you know, if you do um, and get yourself in a situation where you've got a nasty wipeout, you, your paddle, and your board are, are being tossed around um, quite a bit, and you have a lot of impact um, potentially with, with paddle shafts and paddle blades on the rail of your board, hopefully not your body, and, and hopefully not rocks and reef. And, and Kevlar just it simply holds up a lot better to that. Um, you know. It, which kind of leads me into, you know, to carbon. You know, nicks in carbon and, um, you know, for example, if, if you're not careful with your paddles, if, if you're putting them in and out of your car or if they are getting hit on rocks and reef and, and wherever else you store, whether it's in your garage or your uh, significant other opens up the car door into it or what have you, little nicks and, and lines and bumps in a paddle ultimately become weak points. Um, so you may not notice it at the time, um, but you'll notice it certainly when you go for that really hard paddle stroke or that really hard lean on a paddle, and, and, and Kevlar simply just holds up to that better. It's stronger. Um, Weight-wise, um, you know, it, it's certainly a little bit heavier than, than carbon, um, but what we found in the surf world, at least the paddle surf world, is that that extra weight, and by extra weight I'm talking about, you know, three or four ounces, mm -hmm. um, you know, isn't isn't a factor for the paddle surfer because um, it's just not heavy to be, you know, to, out of the gate. It's, uh, we're talking about 19 or, or 20 ounces versus, you know, 16 ounces for a really high-end uh, carbon race paddle. So they're, they're, it's just a different degree of light, um, you know, and, and we've also just started to experiment a little bit with, um, you know, with uh, Negra material, carbon and Negra. 
and again, we're not the only ones doing it. Um, but you know, the advantage. What is that? Of, I haven't heard of that before. Can you explain? That? Essentially, it's a it's a it's a cloth that's on the market now, Carbon and Agra. Um, it looks a lot like Kevlar. Um, essentially, it's you know what you probably recognize it as is almost like a salt and pepper or black and white. Um, same type of um, pattern that uh, the Kevlar looks like. It's just a different color. Um, the material, you know, I've, we obviously read a lot about it and and um, and picked a lot of reins before we you know started making some of the paddles that we're making now in the Inegra. But um, general consensus is on the market that it's lighter than Kevlar, um, and uh, it's got the same strength um, as Kevlar, if not even uh, stronger. And you know, some people would argue. So I tend to think that you know you're going to see a pretty pretty sizable switch to a negra material, not just in in, uh, in paddles, but you know, you're, you're already seeing it in boards um, as well, paddle boards, um, just because it, it holds up really well to the to the nicks and the scratches and the bumps and the, that our sport uh, inevitably have, you know, whether it's in the lineup or, or even in the race world. Well, that's pretty interesting when you start thinking about uh, the construction working for boards too, because no one uses Kevlar for boards right now. Uh, no, yeah, it's not marketed anyways. I mean, I've seen some custom boards that, that people have, uh, you know, made out of Kevlar and whatnot. But again, and the reason for that is really, is probably due to the weight. Mm -hmm. You know, that every, if you're going to make a light board, you really want to go towards the, the carbon side, of course. And, and uh, so, yeah, I think you'll see that trend. And you're already starting to see it, as a matter of fact. There's definitely some board manufacturers using it in boards. I mean, look at some of the look at some of the races that are out there now, and, and I actually like to see this this form of racing develop more. Um, you know, that, that the battle of the paddle style race. You know, where you've you know it can get pretty gnarly as far as the conditions go, and and uh, and it's certainly more exciting for um, spectators to watch. You know, the, the carnage, so to speak, and and obviously if there's carnage involved, then your board is taking. A, and your paddle, of course, are taking a pretty good beating on the shoreline when you're coming in and out of the surf zones and certainly rubbing rails. And, and, uh, and we've all seen the pictures of not just rubbing rails, but boards literally stacked on top of each other, you know, with cleanup sets and what have you. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and, and you could, if you're at any of those races, you can certainly see, you know, some, some pretty heavily damaged boards because of that. Yeah. Let's talk shaft. Uh, um, diameter. How do you? What's the difference? How does how does a shaft diameter affect a paddler? Um, well, you know, I guess the easy answer for for me is um, again, I kind of have to generalize it in what you know the masses want. But from from my experience, um, you know, oval uh, oval shafts in the paddle surf world don't really work that well. Um, people want a rounded shaft, um, and and the reason being is if if you look at an oval from a standpoint um, of of just the, the I guess your paddle resistance, um, you know I don't know the best way to describe it is it, it you know you're you're basically putting um, you know a, a pressure point or a weak point uh, on, on a paddle like that's an oval shape as far as that torque that you put on it. A rounded shaft in the surf is certainly going to is certainly going to hold up better to to uh, a lot of resistance. Um, now, in the race world, for example, one of our one of the shafts that we have on our, our carbon elite race, which is a smaller blade, um, the women seem to like 
uh, essentially it's an oval shaft and a tapered shaft. And, and the best guess and the most obvious answer to that would be because of smaller hand sizes. Um, and just in a better grip, certainly when, when people are choking up on, on paddle shafts uh, in the race world. Um, you know, they're not only just grabbing the, the handle, but they're, you know, out of the gate. You can certainly watch some of the top pros. Um, they, they have all sorts of different variations of where they're, of where they're gripping the paddle shaft. And, and that, oval, um, that oval design in the race world seems to work very well, um, I guess is the best way to describe it. Okay. So I am constantly trying to improve. In, in surfing, paddling, just being efficient in the water. Um, what are some things that everyone out there can do, can focus on to be better paddlers right away? Be more efficient, uh, healthier for your body, stronger in the water, all of it. Um, well, I guess the, I, I would answer that. Are we talking about uh, paddle surfing, Eric? Here? Yeah, let's, let's talk paddle surfing okay. first and then, and then yeah. recreational racing in a second. Sure. But let's talk um, paddle surfing. Well, paddle surfing, I mean, there's, there's been a certainly the trend on, on your length of your paddle in the surf has is, is gone down um, dramatically over the last couple of years. I mean, what, you know, the articles that you probably read two or three or four years ago all had you with the, you know, 10 or 12 inches over the top of your head or, you know, a shaka, you know, out to the, you know, extend your arm out and that was your paddle length. Now, in surfing, um, it really, in my opinion, uh, becomes um, kind of a detriment to your performance to have a, a long paddle. And, you know, for example, right now, I, I've watched paddling literally, you know, kind of, you know, contest by contest just continually go down. Right now, I, I keep my paddle for surfing I'm just under six feet, so I'm 5'11", um, and my paddle length is just under my chin. Um, now... Obviously, where the advantage of that is in the surf is certainly on backside surfing um, and paddle transitions and, um, and just, just general directional changes and, and maneuvers. It's, you know, you're not crossing over, pulling your paddle out of the water to, to bump your rails or, or what have you. So a shorter paddle is a huge advantage. Now, um, you know, so I think that paddle length is, is one of the, the things that people probably constantly need guidance on. I mean, I see it in the shop all the time. Nobody, especially the newbies, uh, they, don't, they don't know where to cut their paddle, and we, we certainly have to educate them a lot on, on their, what their general use is going to be and, and what their goals are. So try to get ahead of the curve on paddle length. Um, now, when paddle surfing, um, you know, a, a really good point that I always try to, to point out to people with regards to um, advancing in paddle surfing is, is keeping your center of gravity as low as possible when getting into waves. So naturally, now that we have a shorter paddle, um, we, we've got we've got to really use our our legs um, to lower our center of gravity, uh, not not hunching over, which is your your body's natural uh, tendency to do, and which is obviously going to wreak havoc on your back over time. So um, I always teach people get as low as you possibly can. Um, when, when paddling into waves um, to compensate for that that performance size paddle that you have. And then, then lastly, um, uh, not paddling you know, feverishly well in advance of a wave. I, I, you know, I, I always watch people first. Just to, I say, all right, show me how you catch a wave. Um, or I observe people that I don't even know. Um, 
you know, in a lineup or a place that I'm surfing, and I and I watch maybe a, you know a wave that's still 20 or 30 or, or 40 feet behind them, and they're paddling like they're in a race, you know, to, to catch that to catch that wave, and they're they're wasting a lot of energy, um, and potentially throwing themselves really out of the area where they need to catch that wave. So, um, you know, I always teach people just to be patient, um, and you really only need you know a couple of of deep strokes to get into a wave, which you can probably attest to from, from where you surf all the time. Yep. Um, you know, if we waste a lot of energy getting into a wave, you know, it's not a race. It, you know, you don't want to, <laughs> don't look at it that way. Just conserve that energy, a couple of deep strokes, keep your center of gravity really low, and you'll find that you're, you're, you're right into that wave, you know, very effortlessly in most cases. Um, so those now, you know, recreational, you know, obviously doesn't necessarily transition into what a recreational paddler's um, goals are. You know, obviously in a recreational paddle, we certainly need to adhere to the to a, a longer paddle. You know, most people don't want to hear that because then they say, all right, now, okay, I've got a recreational length paddle or a racing length paddle, which certainly you need that reach um, and a surf paddle. So, you know, you, you do need you know, your tools for the trade, so to speak. Um, and, you know, you, if you're trying to race with a paddle that's at your chin length, you know, obviously you're going to be, uh, you're probably going to be falling pretty far behind or, or vice versa, you know. So, um, you know, people have to recognize the fact that, you know, they, they might be able to fill the void with a, uh, you know, with an adjustable paddle. But, you know, in my opinion, you're not necessarily going to get the performance you know, out of out of an adjustable paddle, certainly in the surf, you're probably going to end up breaking it, just based on a weak point, and um, in, in a race as well. So, unfortunately for everybody, um, and this isn't certainly a, a ploy to people to buy more of our paddles, but you you really do need multiple paddles. <laughs> um, so. Something of note that's interesting is that you're ahead of the curve. I don't know if it's ahead of the curve or what, but your your paddle length for surfing is a, is a little bit shorter than most of the guys that we're talking to. Um, the norm right now, uh, and actually everyone who's been on the show is between about uh, about eye level and about mm-hmm. a foot over their head. And it seems that right. the taller the person, kind of the shorter on that scale. And the shorter, the little bit, little bit longer on that scale. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. It'd be interesting to try a paddle cut at the chin. I'd like to. I'd like to feel what that feels like. But then that's a risky thing if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You can always. Uh, yeah, you can always cut a paddle down. But it's hard. I, I haven't found the paddle stretcher yet. So. <laughs> um, but you know, and I again to that point, I, I've learned to adjust. Um, you know, and I think you know some of our riders too. They. It's really in your lower body at that point. So if you can if you can really focus on lowering your center of gravity um, to, to compensate for that that height difference in the paddle, what I feel anyways, and, and I I had a hard time adjusting to to backside surfing, paddle surfing that is, um, you know, uh, up until probably about a year ago, um, you know, and, and my if I were to get on my surfboard. Um, my go-to would, would actually be backside. I prefer to surf backside. Um, it just it feels more comfortable for me to, you know, in a bottom turn to, to hack off the top and whatnot. I just, I really enjoy the art of backside surfing. And I found it very difficult um, to paddle surf backwards, uh, backside. And 
Um, in fact, some of the contests that I was in, uh, a good buddy of mine, Hans Wagner, who, who runs the ESSE, I can, I can remember being out in heats several years ago, um, you know, saying something to the effect of, you know, there's Mike McGann, Mr. Left, or, you know. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, come on, you know, I just, you know, the lefts are there, you know. But, but I, I, would, I would shy away from it, and um, that's not the case now. And the, the paddle length really helped me out. On, on transitioning, you know that, you know that turn, at least that first bottom turn, up to the top, and to plant my paddle around the opposite side, it's made a tremendous difference. Um, it just didn't feel as cumbersome having a smaller paddle uh, on backside serving. Gotcha, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, I just started backside. I, I I've always hated backside surfing. I just like going frontside. I like big yeah. packs frontside, yeah. Yeah. and um, even on a shortboard, right? And uh, do but I'm surfing the Costa Rica series this year down here, mm -hmm. and so uh, two of the events were scheduled to be at Point Break Lefts, and so yeah. I was like, well, I better learn how to surf backside, and so I've been doing a lot of work on it, and um, I can see how a shorter paddle. I have definitely I have two boards with nice big holes in the nose from my paddle coming across yeah. when I'm coming yeah. off the top. Absolutely, yeah, slice right into it. Sure. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then yeah, you call too. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah that too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's, um, you know, again, that paddle length is certainly going to be a trend. And I, I don't necessarily think I'm ahead of the curve. It's, again, it's a matter of preference. Um, and, and just, you know, paying attention to, to what others are doing um, cool. in the sport. And I'm, I'm always all ears and all eyes uh, yeah. to, to what our riders are doing and, and what other riders in the sport that are what I consider progressive and, you know, it's kind of setting the pace and, and as we know, there's plenty of them that are that are popping up in, in the last year or two. It's really, really, really exciting to watch. Oh, it's so fun to watch. Um, yeah. So that's something kind of interesting to think about too. And I believe that the what's the best way to explain this? Uh, I've said it on the show before. Is like the content output for the sport is incredibly low for the talent and what's happening right now. I mean, you really have to be in love with the sport and go out there and search to find good content, right. which exists in these tiny little pockets. Right. Um, and that needs to change, I think, for the sport to grow. Because right now, I mean, the, uh, the brand of stand-up paddle surfing, if you think about it, if you think about how surfers have branded stand-up paddle surfing, kind of in this, um, I actually have a sticker on my board right now, which I love because I think it's pretty funny and, and I keep it there, but someone tagged it on my board as a joke, a good friend of mine, and it's a clown on a stand-up with a red circle with the X through it, right? Oh yeah, yep, sure, I've seen it. Well, I think it's <laughs> hilarious, and I agree with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> which is why I leave it on my board. Um, but I think, that, I think that surfing has done a better job of branding stand-up paddle surfing than stand-up paddle surfing has done for itself. And I think that that needs to, to change. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, it is starting to change now. I mean, there's obviously we've got, um, you know, in, in, in the professional world, uh, that you're, you're seeing the performance level is just, it's getting unreal. You know, they're basically, you know, guys like Mo Freitas Obviously, our, our guys, the Grant brothers and, and, and uh, Sean Pointer and Giorgio Gomez and the Vaz brothers. And, you know, I mean, we, 
you know, they're all on, on one team is kind of how I think of it, and it's really just a progressive um, team that's paving the way um, that's going to help us all out eventually because the more people see that kind of performance in the lineups and certainly in videos and whatnot, I think they're, you know, people in the surfing world are going to, are going to warm up to it. You know, obviously, to bring it back to your point of a clown, um, there's clowns in every sport. Oh, for sure. <laughs> there are. You know, and, 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 you know, we try to do our best to educate, you know, whether it's the, the people that come into our store or, or that, you know, want to get on board with us on our paddles is, you know, there's a, there's certainly a big responsibility that comes with the sport of where it's at right now. And, and that's to show people that it's not, um, you know, it, you know, try to get away from the the kook or the clown um, perceived mentality of it. That it that it can be a high you know a high level of professionalism, performance, um, and obviously a lot of fun. There's a reason why a lot of traditional surfers um, prefer to paddle surf or or go back and forth, and they do it all. They're longboard, they shortboard, they paddle surf. They basically just depends on what conditions they have that day. They're going to pick the right equipment and go with it. And I think, you know, those are the people that are thriving in the sport, the people that can do it all. Yep. Um, and they're, they're the most exciting to watch, the people that obviously, um, you know, they're not afraid to go out there and, and in a lineup. They're respectful, of course, but they're not afraid to, to go show everybody what they have, you know. And I, and I admire that because, you know, it can be a, a sticky situation depending on where you live or where you serve. I mean, luckily, where, where we're at here in Jupiter, Florida, um, you know, we have pretty, you know, a pretty good surf community here. In fact, we have a very good surf community here that um, I won't say welcomed and embraced the paddle, uh, <laughs> the paddle, <laughs> the paddle rise, but they certainly paid attention to it. And and for the most part, everybody gets along around here. They really do. And we're, we're fortunate for that. Of course, there's, you know, there, there's obviously instances where that's not the case, but um, but we're really lucky, and we we owe that to basically a lot of the crew that we have around here and here in Florida in general. And uh, you know, performance level, people say, hey, that that looks pretty fun, actually. You know, you guys aren't just uh, destroying the lineup and rolling over people with with 12 foot boards. You're actually performance surfing. You know. Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, you know I say 80 percent of the time it's the most fun way to experience the ocean uh, or experience waves. Uh, I like spearfishing too, but, um, and it's also the most difficult. And so I think that in a way is holding back the sport. I think a lot of people, I have a lot of friends down here who are just, you know, ardent shortboarders and they say they've stand up paddle surfed because they took out an 11 foot board one day. Right. And that was the experience they have. And it's difficult to explain how different what uh, all these guys, what we're doing, mm-hmm. is and that. And, and I don't know what it's going to take to kind of break it. Break. I think the kids, I think kids coming up right now doing it all. And, yeah, absolutely. you know, beating, yeah. beating guys at shortboards and then still wanting to go out and be on a stand-up paddle, paddleboard like Collins kids, Dax and Kai. Um yeah, or Fisher. Fisher's a little bit older now, but uh, as those kids, their peer group is going to accept it in a different way than the older surfers who it's kind of, it's like technology, you know, it's kind of been forced on them. Like o- old people don't necessarily like computers. It just happened and they had to adapt to it where young people, you know, grew up with it. It's, you know, it's going to be some, some similar in that regard. Yeah, I, I 
totally agree with that. And, and again, we're here in Florida, at least it's, you know, we're starting to see, you know, just for example, we have the ESA here, which I'm not sure if you know what that is, but yeah, that's Eastern, yeah, yeah. Eastern Surfing Association. Yep, used to surf the St. Augustine events back in the day, group and games. Okay, yeah, so you know exactly what it is. And then, um, you know, we've seen the, you know, the rise of, again, what we have another circuit that, that we actually sponsor um, is the uh, Eastern Subsurfing Circuit. Mm -hmm. um, that's been four years running, and um, it's gotten so popular now that not only do we, we have divisions for, uh, you know, us old timers. Um, you know, we've got we've got open division. We've got you know divisions that are up to sixteen, and then we have what we call a futures division, which is for the Groms. Which, um, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, Hans Wagner, the event director, um, you probably certainly didn't see that coming that there would be you know an interest that you could actually have a couple of heats of of kids that are you know twelve and under um, that that are interested in it. You know, which is, that's a really good, that's what I get the most excited about, obviously, is seeing, you know, teens and, and pre-teens and, you know, certainly younger people getting involved in, in performance. So it's in their quiver now. You know, they've got, you know, they've got their short boards, they've got their paddle surfing boards, and, you know, they, again, just pick pick the right board for the day. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm non-denominational when it comes to surfing. I love it all. Yeah. 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 You know? The only thing that I really that I'm really upset about with stand up surfing is it just didn't exist when I was a kid. I'm just built more to surf on a stand up than I am on a shortboard, you know. Yeah, I would I have to wish it was around. Yeah, I, you know, where I grew up uh, on Cape Cod, I certainly wish that that stand up um, was around then because the Cape has some some great waves, and you know, the Cape and the islands. And I certainly wouldn't, you know, it's not to say that I I won't do it now, but I just think. Uh, you know, if, where, where would the sport be now? Uh, you know, if it, it started 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be a fun ride. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to watch it. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, Mike, thanks so much for uh, for being a part of the show today. I really appreciate thanks. it. And thanks I, for having me. No worries. And I hope that in the near future you can come down here and share some waves with us. That would be a lot of fun. I uh, I hope so too. Absolutely, I um, I love to travel. So and then I've got a wife that loves to travel, and, and obviously a lot of guys uh, in and around our brand that um, you know you don't have to ask them twice. So <laughs> you <laughs> so, just have yeah, to keep I, up with them. You just have to you just have it, to like like deal deal with it when they're here. That's that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's true. True, very true. But I don't know about you, but um, but certainly surfing with uh, you know our riders. I surf with the Grants and. Um, and our other riders any chance I get and it, it certainly pushes me um, beyond you know where I you know any given day when I'm in the lineup you see them do things and you say all right I'm gonna try that or I'm gonna you know they're, they're pushing us harder you know and which if you got a second uh, still um, we, we've kind of tapped into a whole different um, market of, of, uh, of athletes recently um, uh, you know, basically a, a core group of MMA guys and uh, Muay Thai guys that um, I didn't know they, it existed. You know, these guys came into our store you know, about a year ago and they were into paddle surfing. And, and um, being in the lineup with these guys, you know, these guys are such huge advocates of, of A, of just health in general, um, discipline, um, and, you know, and just levels of athleticism that uh, I just didn't think 
translated from the mat or the ring, so to speak, to, to the lineup. And, and um, you know, I've been able to kind of put these two groups together, you know, so our, our fighters with our, our professional paddle surfers, and it's amazing how well the two of them just speak the same language in, in a lineup. And it's, it's a thrill to see, so hopefully maybe we'll get some of those guys down there someday too. Yeah, that would be incredible. That would be a ton of fun. Um, all right, Mike. Well, speaking of, I got to go pick up Fisher and Kieran right now, who have just been surfing for hours six and seven of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I scheduled this now, so I didn't have to do it. <laughs> oh man. Well, thanks. All right. Well, I definitely appreciate it. Um, and uh, and again, I'm I'm excited to see where the sport's going and and uh, what the what the youth is going to do with it. Cool. All right, Mike McGann. 27 North Paddles. Have a good day. Alright, thank you. Appreciate it. It's the Paddle Boo Podcast. Dedicated to high-performance stand-up paddle surfing. Our mission is to debrief the visionaries, innovators, and athletes leading the charge to define paddle-enhanced surfing.